to be quite honest with you, I wish life wasn't so tough that people have to leave their homelands to make home somewhere else. It's wonderful to be around people that speak your language, that look like you. It's a beautiful blessing, but this is where my life is now. Welcome to My First Day, telling stories of those who've come to San Diego from elsewhere and now call it home. My name is Andrew Bracken. It's amazing how flexible and pliable kids can be in their early years. It's like they can be thrown into new and different situations and still just be kids, with any potential trauma being delayed until later in life. I think when you go through things as a young person, you kind of just learn to be resilient and cope with situations. And so as I'm getting older, I, I realize the challenges I faced. And I have to tell myself, those were tough times, you know? And because it shows up now. Mishate Mingus too, who goes by Mimi, was born in Ethiopia, where she lived with her mother and five siblings, with a father who fled Ethiopia before she can remember. But a phone call from her father in the middle of the night would change the trajectory of her life. We'll be back with Mishate Mingus 2's story after the break. You've been thinking about helping KPBS with a donation. Why not donate that extra car you no longer need? Pickup is free, and you're supporting KPBS Public Media. Here's how. Visit kpbs.careasy.org. Mimi spent her early youth in her native city of Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. I had five siblings, four older brothers, and one younger sister, so our house was quite packed. <laughs> but I, we had an amazing time all the time. There was, at the end of every coffee ceremony, there was always dancing involved, so that's what I remembered mainly from my childhood in Ethiopia. Just good times, really good times. So the phone rang. I, Based on an eight-year-old's mind, I want to say it was like 3 a.m. in the morning. He called, and then I just heard my mom say his name. And then before we knew it, he was saying, I started a process for you to come to America. It was just quite shocking, to be quite honest with you. I mean, America was seen as something like an escape from your current situation. And we were not well off, of course, because my mom had to take care of six kids on one income. Um, though she did have a decent job, it was still quite hard to obviously feed seven people, including herself. Uh, so it was definitely a relief. I mean, my mom was super excited. She told us not to tell anyone because she just didn't want to, like, get people too riled up. As an eight-year-old child at that time, I mean, it was quite overwhelming, but at the same time, I was super excited that there was a potential to finally get to see my dad. I mean, more than America, I think it was the idea of finally getting to put a face to the name. I mean, I don't have any memories of him, but we did have pictures, and my mom used to tell us stories about him. So that was what we held with us. After a lengthy immigration process, Mimi and her siblings began their journey to San Diego in the United States, 
to reunite with their father and with the understanding that their mother would join them soon after. We were super excited, but I remember just feeling so nervous. But we finally did get on the plane. And I think at that time, it just hit me. I was like, oh my gosh, we're, we're really leaving. This is really, really happening. We're leaving my mom. This is real. I was also super happy and excited that it was like with my brothers and my sister. We got on the plane. It was really awesome because it was the first time we were, we, any of us got on a plane. We had really good food. There was like fried chicken. I remember just eating a bunch of cake because you would, I don't know how, but it just kept coming. Or maybe that was just my perception of what I was experiencing at that time. But I just remember keep, I kept eating and I was just like, it was just an awesome experience. But because I was just eating so much food of things I never even knew, I finally kind of, you know, threw up on a person right next to me. I felt so bad. It was another Ethiopian girl, but she was so nice and so understanding about it. It was just overwhelming. It was, I was like, oh my gosh, this is real. We're in America. I remember my dad and his friends, and they had flowers. We went to his apartment. They had made food for us, and we we never knew. So Ethiopians eat injera, which is like a sour pancake, and we never knew that existed here. And so when we got to his house and we saw injera and like the Ethiopian stew, we were just like so confused. We were just like, how is this here? You know, I mean, it did, definitely didn't taste the same. I remember the taste and everything, I was just like, oh, this is definitely not what it tastes like, but it looks like it though. <laughs> so my dad had bought like jelly beans because he was like, oh, I think in my mind, I'm thinking like, oh, there's kids that are coming. So let me buy a bunch of jelly beans. I don't know. But there was like a huge bowl of jelly beans just sitting and we're like, what is that? My brothers were super excited because they knew him as like their dad. I mean, I didn't know him. I was just still in shock. I was just like, I, I'm seeing that he's right in front of me. It just, it just felt so uneasy that first day, you know? Like, he was just like, dang. My dad bought a soda. So in Ethiopia, you only get soda on special occasions, you know? And you get them in glasses. You have glass bottles. And coming here, we would get the, like the two liter. And we're just like, what is that? I remember my brother's first job was at 7-Eleven. He would bring us like... You know, now I would eat it, of course, but he would bring us, like, big bowls of, like, nachos. And we're like, what is that? <laughs> so I, those are the things I remember in those, like, couple months. I would, like, I mean, even days, just drinking a lot of soda. I mean, we came in September, and I, school started, right? I think my dad let us chill for, like, a week. I, I do remember going to school. It was nerve-wracking. It was just a bunch of, I mean, I was used to seeing people that looked like me. You know, brown skin, or maybe light skin, but puffy, curly hair. And that it was just a bunch of people that were just very different. It was, it was a culture shock. They put me in fourth grade, so I had two Ethiopian friends in that class. And funny thing is, they both spoke a different language, but they were Ethiopian, right? And so I only spoke Amharic. They spoke Tigrayna. And so they would try to speak to me. And I was like, I don't know what you're saying. And then I would try to speak to them. And they're like, I don't know what you're saying. But they were just so kind to me, nevertheless. Mimi and her younger sister had to adjust to life with their father, a stranger to them. They also began to realize that their mother was not coming to join them anytime soon. 
I think it was challenging for both him and us, my sister and I, because, um, I mean, he didn't know us either. We didn't know him. Yeah, I mean, it was it was odd. It was <laughs> it was something that we had to like grow over time. We just was like, okay, this is who he is. But, like you learn who this person is rather than just a figment of your imagination that you had put together. I think I um, suppressed it, you know what I mean? Because life happens and it is what it is. So, but it was quite overwhelming. But glory be to the most high, my brothers being there was a blessing because I, honestly, I don't know if <laughs> it would have been good for us without them. Not because my dad wasn't a good guy or anything, just because like that they were familiar to us. They were a part of home to us. When we come back... So I was just quite lost. I mean, understandably so. Mimi navigates her new world and takes on new responsibilities early in life. Hello, podcast listener. Full disclosure, I'm going to make some assumptions about you. This probably isn't the only podcast you enjoy. Blink if I'm right. (laughs) It's probably not the only thing you watch or listen to on KPBS either. If I'm right about that, then I'm guessing you make it a point to check in on a regular basis to see what's new, take in the latest and greatest, and then you go back to your daily life until we happily come together again. We're sort of like a virtual buffet. When you're hungry for information and entertainment, you go to KPBS and want to eat, uh, consume all you can, right? Well, you should know that when you become a member of KPBS, You're keeping the entire TV, radio, and online trays full of fresh ideas, like the tasty podcast you're enjoying right now. Help feed your appetite for KPBS. Become a member today. Just go to kpbs.org, click the blue Give Now button, and make a donation. Thank you. As time passed, it became clear their mother was not coming. It would be some 13 years before they would see each other again and she would join them in San Diego. I don't know if there was any moment of acceptance. It just became a part of life, not to have my mom there. But it does show up later in life though, because you're young and so you're able, you know, you're you're more um, pliable, I guess. But at the same time, it kind of lingers because it becomes like a suppressed issue. I think as you get older, you know, being a mother now and having a family of my own, I wouldn't want that for my child, you know what I mean? But I know my, I mean, especially for my mom, I can't imagine how hard it could have been for her to experience having six kids running around around you and then to have an empty house. It was less traumatic for us and more traumatic for her. It changed her as a person, you know? Further complicating things, three of Mimi's brothers moved out of San Diego. 
and her father became ill and visually impaired, adding more responsibility on young Mimi and her sister. So we had to take responsibility for my father, who was supposed to be responsible for us. So that was kind of traumatizing. More than me coming here and leaving my mom, I think the things that I do think about more often than not is just the amount of responsibilities that I had to hold at a very young age that forced me to grow up a lot quicker than other kids. Despite the difficulties forcing Mimi to grow up quicker than other kids, it also helped her appreciate the good moments too. My dad was blind and it was my sister and I, my older brother, and he was living his life. So we were the main people to take care of my dad. We were the caretakers, you know, but we were so, we were generally happy. We learned that this is the norm and this is life and nothing was missing from us. Our dad was always home. He would let us read our essays to him. I would dance because I learned a certain dance in my dance class and I would like jump around in his room and he would enjoy it. You know what I mean? So now that I look back, I'm just like, we were fortunate enough to have him with us, even if it wasn't always the best of like circumstances. We still had him there present in our lives. Like a lot of young people, after high school, Mimi struggled to find direction. So I was just quite lost. I mean, understandably so. I didn't go to a university, uh, though that was what was expected. There was nobody who did that route. So, you know, when you're in high school, my, brother's, my brother graduated, so I was like, oh, I'm graduating high school. It's not, it's not even a question. But with college, it was, it was a little bit more complicated because since I didn't see anybody else doing it around me, I didn't even think about it. Your 18 to, I want to say 22, 23 could be really tough because you're trying to find your place in the world, especially when you don't have a mentor to lead you. It can be quite tough and it can be very detrimental because you're just, you know, you're having fun, you have a lot of friends, you're just doing whatever you want to do, really. The trip back to Ethiopia gave Mimi new clarity and focus. It was a huge revelation of where I came from and how ungrateful I had been of like the opportunities that were afforded here to me. So I was just like, I'm going back to San Diego. When I do, I'm applying for full-time school. I'm taking it seriously, and I did. After spending a few years in community college, Mimi transferred to San Diego State University and became the first in her family to graduate from college. The day of her graduation ceremony stands out in her memory. Yeah, it was a moment. I mean, it was more for my family, you know, because nobody in my family has a degree. I was the first in my family. And I always tell people that when they're like, I don't want to walk. And it's like, it's not for you. It's for the people that work really hard to get you there. It's a big deal for them. It's like, dang. One of us made it, thank God. <laughs> Today, Mishate Mingus too, better known as Mimi, works for a San Diego-based nonprofit called United Women's of East Africa. Thanks to Sarah Abdi and Marianne Beister for help with this episode. My First Day is produced by me, Andrew Bracken, along with help from Melissa Diaz. 
You can find me at andrewbracken.com. Our email, myfirstdaystories at gmail.com. And our Instagram is at myfirstdaystories. Music by Jason Began. Additional music by Jackie Hill Perry. Theme music by Chris Curtis. For KPBS, Emily Jankowski's technical director, Kinsey Moreland's podcast coordinator, Lisa Jane Morissette's operations manager, and John Decker's director of programming. This programming is made possible in part by the KPBS Explorer content. Thanks again for listening. See you next time.